Mark McGloin is not here, but I, I was going to give him a hard time tonight as I started, but he's not here, so, so that's okay. You know, Mark has a pickup truck, and it's exactly the same color as my old truck, so I always tell him, I said, why do you have that horrible colored truck? And then he always looks at me like, what? And then he goes, hmm, because he knows I'm just joking. But, but, you know, he's got on the back of his bed, he's got one of those giant toolboxes. You guys know what I'm talking about. All right, now, for a guy, I, I, I'm not, to call me a handyman would be a stretch, but, but I do have toolbox envy for these guys who have a truck, because I, I had to get rid of my truck. And, and I have no toolbox. And so these guys drive around, and they've got a lot of their tools with them. Now, most guys who have a truck like that and a big toolbox have a lot more tools where those came from. But they have big tools, and they've got a big toolbox. And I'm envious of this because I love having my tools with me. I think with almost, some of you guys will understand this, with most of my projects, by the time I'm done with them, I've used just about every tool I own. Anyway, um, because. Because, well, you just need a lot of tools. That's important. But when it comes to things of God, sometimes we have tools and we don't even know we have them. All right? So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Because growing in God is a progressive thing. Do you understand that? It's just like a baby when they're born. They don't know anything. And uh, by the time they get to be, you know, 13, they know everything. Oh, no, that's not, that's not, that's not how that works. Uh, but when they get to be an adult, you know, they know a whole lot more they did than they did when they were a baby. Isn't that right? But, but as Christians, we start out like babies. We don't know anything. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently. They didn't know anything. They didn't grow up in church. They didn't hardly know who Jesus was. And, and you're talking to somebody like that, and, and they don't know anything. So, that, that, you know, there's a, it's a big learning curve. There's a whole lot to learn. But, but God doesn't ever get down on us. He's never negative toward us because of things we don't know. Did you know that? He didn't expect you to know everything. Have you ever had a boss who, who thought you should know everything before you had any chance to learn everything, and they were just on your case because you didn't know stuff that you'd never been taught? That is one of my pet peeves. I don't like that. That bothers me when people give me a hard time about something that I don't know and they think I should. I don't like that. But God will never do that to you. He's not like that. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. And uh, I, uh, I, I was reading this the other day and it just popped out at me and the Lord just started talking to me about it. So let's, Mark 16, that is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, right after Matthew, right toward the beginning of the New Testament. Verse 17, it says this. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. How many of you are believers? Well, if you were listening or reading along with me, it says here, these signs will follow those who believe. It doesn't say these signs will follow the pastors or the evangelists, or the apostles. It doesn't say that. It will follow those, but it, it just says these signs will follow those who believe. Now, I, I was going to give my uh, sermon a nice, safe title, like, you know, you have the tools you need, but, but I'm going to give it a less safe title uh, and call it You Are Being Followed, uh, because, 
that amuses me. But uh, anyway, for those of you who are paranoid, just pretend it's the other title, and we won't worry about that. Okay. But no, it, it says here. It says here. These signs will follow those who believe. Do you, do you see that? And and I got most of you to raise your hands and say you were believers. So so. Did you know you were being followed? Did you know that the ability to speak in tongues was following you around, whether you'd latched onto that or not? Did you know that you could cast out demons? Uh, see, you know, Jesus said, all authority is given unto me, therefore go. You know, he, he gave us his authority. But you, I, I know so many people, in fact, I, 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 won't, I won't pick on this group, but most Christians, if you ask them that, they'd be like, oh, no, 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 that, no, I wouldn't, mm, I would not do that. They have that tool in their toolbox, but they, they don't know it, and they're not going to use it, and they think they don't know how to use it, but I can tell you it's not hard. But the point is, is, is that tool's in their toolbox, but they're not going to touch that one because they don't know what that is. They don't know what to do with that. Let's take up serpents, yeah. They drink anything deadly, it will be, by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Did you know you could do that? Because those things are following you around. They're in that toolbox in the back of your truck. You're a figurative truck, you understand? They're in your trunk. They're, they're following you around. You can't get away from these things. It's part of who you are as a believer. These signs will follow those who believe. That's not the only thing following you is those things. Bible, we're going to be spending a little bit of time talking about some of the other things that are following you around. But you, you're being followed by the tools and the spiritual blessings that God has poured out into your life. These things, you can't get away from them. Amen. You can't. Psalm 23, we, we read that one at funerals, even though it has not one thing to do with anybody dying. But we read it at funerals. But the Lord is my shepherd. He's leading you. Do you see that? But toward the end, David said, My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You cannot get away from the goodness of God. You cannot get away from the mercy of God if you're a believer. That, those things are hanging on to you. Like, you know, those cockleburrs that you get when you walk through a unmowed field in the late summer and you can't get them off your socks? Yeah, those things are stuck to you way, way, way more than that. You can't get away from it. If you're a believer, these things are following you. They've latched themselves onto you, and they're, they're, they're not going to let go. You know, the other day I, I, I opened up uh, our pantry and uh, looked in there to, I opened up the pantry to put some groceries away that I had bought, and sitting there on the shelf was the exact thing that I had just bought because I forgot that I had bought it, and I bought another one. And it's not a senior moment. I've been doing stuff like that my entire life. I'm just a bit of an airhead. But my point here is my point is that, that you, and, 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 and you know, don't look around at anybody, but you have tools in your toolbox you don't know anything about. You have things God's given you that you don't have a clue that you have and that God wants you to be able to use. You don't even know it. Because, because the more we look into his word, the more I dug into this subject, the more things I found that it said God has already given them to us. They belong to us, but we don't even know it and we're not using it, all right? 
we have a storeroom downstairs in our basement. Actually, we have two storage areas in our basement. My wife was telling me just last night, we we're going to take some time and dig through that and get rid of some of the stuff that we never use, right? But, but that storage room is full of things that we never use. And your spiritual storage unit, your spiritual toolbox is full of stuff you never use. But it doesn't mean you couldn't. It doesn't mean you can't. In fact, you have the privilege and the right to do it. You know, the President of the United States does not have to ask permission to go into the White House. He has the authority and the right to do that as President of the United States. I do not have that authority or right. I cannot go to the White House and just say, hey, I'm here, let me in now. They would probably arrest me and haul me off, which they probably, I would expect them to, I would hope they would, because nobody should be able to just do that. But the President has that authority. And Jesus gave you that authority. Well, we're going to keep going here. Just hang on. All right. Um, you know, I... I uh, we, we leave uh, uh, influence wherever we go. We affect people wherever we go. People see things in you that you don't even know they're watching. And, and they notice something about you that's different as a Christian. They, they see it. Have you, ever, have you ever been somewhere and seen somebody and, and there's just something about them I like and then you find out they're a believer and you're like, well, of course that's it. I get it. Well, but you're doing that. It's just like we, you know, just like ripples in a water, you know? You know, if you drop a rock and the ripples go out, well, you have ripples going out from you because you're walking around with all this authority. You're walking around with all these spiritual giftings. You're walking around with all these tools that God has given you and and whether you see it or don't see it, other people can see it. They can recognize that. Just like those ripples in the water. Leanne and I were out in Maine, and we went kayaking recently in October, I think. And uh, we were in a bay, and, and there were some boats that went by. And so every time a boat would go by, our kayak's going. And you're like, okay, let's hope that no bigger boats go by. But, but. You know, you can feel the ripples. You can feel the effect of that. And you know what? People around you can feel the effect of you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, you can turn there if you want. Paul wrote this to Timothy. And, 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 and this is an easier one maybe to understand. But he said this, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Paul writing here to Timothy, he says, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul's saying, I'm going to teach you. You're going to teach others. They're going to teach others. It's just going to keep going. See, your influence starts here, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger without you ever knowing it. Recently, somebody came up to me that I hadn't seen in years, and they were like, I remember when you said this. I was like, dear Lord. <laughs> I don't even remember ever saying that, but okay. But, but see, you don't realize, just like I don't realize, we don't realize how we're affecting people around us. We don't have any idea. My cousin Judy uh, works for Oral Roberts Ministries, and, and she's on the phone, so if you call with there with a prayer request, she's one of those people who prays. She's gotten hundreds of people healed. Well, 
from all over the world. Does she know what happens to those people when she's off the phone with them? Well, she may get a report back that people have gotten healed, but she's not scared to pray for anybody. She'll pray for anybody. What's the history of that? Well, her little boy died when he was four. She didn't know anything about, she didn't know anything about healing. She didn't know anything about God. She knew she was saved, but she didn't know much, right? Well, she learned. And she's like, I don't want anybody else to go, ever go through what I went through. So I'm going to start anybody. She had a restaurant. I've told you about her before. I think some of you have heard this. But she had a restaurant. Anybody would come in there. How are you doing? Oh, not too good. Really? What's wrong? Okay. How about if I pray for you? I mean, she was going to pray for everybody, anybody. And then she got, that's her job now. She prays. But she sees results. Why is that? Because she opened up that toolbox and started using some of that stuff in there that, that she has the authority and the right to use, just like you do. Yeah, but I don't know how. Okay, well, you can learn. Let me explain how you pray for people. You open your mouth and you start talking. There, that's it. That's really it. In Jesus' name, somewhere in there, right? Okay, you know, God's not finding fault with how you say it or the word you pick or how you're going to do it. You know, I know lots of people who, uh, who uh, 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 will not speak in public. They, that's like on those lists of things that people are afraid of. That's like almost number one. I'm like, really? You know, uh, you know, some people are speaking in public and they don't even know it because, you know, they're standing too close to a microphone or something and the whole, you know, the whole building heard what they said. But... You know, God doesn't ever want us to go without. You know, Psalm 23, we were just there just talking about that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. He doesn't want you lacking in any area in any, for any reason. That's why, you know, he, he gave us Jesus. And, and the Bible says that, that, that he won't withhold any good thing from us. Turn over to Revelation 14. We'll look up at another thing that's following you around. I don't understand this 100%, but that's okay. You know what? The Word says it. It's true. I'm good with that. You good with that? All right. Revelation 14, verse 13. This is John writing, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so they may rest from their labors for their good deeds follow with them. But you know your good deeds are following you around? I don't know what that means. But apparently it's important. Apparently it's important to God. The things that you're doing to bless other people, they're following you around. You know, and, and the Bible says that there's going to be great reward for even the smallest thing we do to help somebody, to bless somebody, to encourage somebody. And, and, and those things are connected to you. They are in tow. You don't know it. My dad was an expert water skier. He taught me how to water ski, but I, I could get up on skis, too. I could never slalom. I, I wasn't a good water skier like my dad. He was a great water skier. But he loved to teach people to water ski. He taught dozens and dozens of people to water ski. If that was all, he, even when he was too old to ski, he would still want to take people out on his boat and, and have them ski. But, but if you think about... Uh, 
a boat and a boat leaves a wake behind it. You know, it chops up the water. And it, I, as a kid, I loved to sit in the back of the boat and watch the wake. I thought that was the coolest thing, how the water and then would kind of fold down on top of itself. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. But you and I are leaving a wake. We're, we're, we're leaving a wake behind us. And we're the ones who get to decide what that wake is, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it says that your deeds follow you. Uh, the implication of that, it, the implication of that word deeds is good deeds. But, but I can tell you from another verse, which I guess we can take a look at. Flip back to Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five, verse twenty-four. Look at this very interesting verse. Again, this is a verse that is very interesting, and I know it's true. The sins of some men are quite evident, going before them to judgment, but others, their sins follow after them. Likewise, also, deeds that are good are quite evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be concealed. You know, so he's saying there your good and your bad could be following you. Your, your good deeds definitely follow you from that scripture we looked at in Revelation. But it also says sins will follow after people. Just by quick explanation, I'll tell you what that means. You ever seen this happen? You met somebody, didn't ever think there was anything going on, then you find out they're guilty of some big thing that you didn't know anything about, nobody knew anything about it? Well, though that's sins following after somebody. And other people, you ever meet somebody and just go, whoa, there is something very wrong here, you know? And that's the case where their sins are going before them, like it says. But the other one, you have no idea, and then it just surprises you, all right? Why does that happen? I have absolutely no idea, but the word says it's going to happen, and it does in real life. That's exactly what happens. So back to the beginning. What's following you? Well, the ability to speak in other tongues is following you. The ability to be safe from things like poison and snakes is following you. The, the ability to, to lay hands on the sick and have them recover is following you. Surely goodness and mercy are following you. The words, the word of God, your good deeds, they're all following you. All this stuff is hanging on to you. You didn't know you were carrying something. No wonder you're tired. I'm joking, you know. But, uh, but all this stuff is following you around in your life. You know why? Because God knew you needed a lot of tools. All right? Now, I, I like actual power tools and things like that. I don't know. Some people like, you know, like they like to cook, so they have lots of kitchen gadgets. I have, uh, I have a friend who I think uh, owns just about every kitchen gadget known to man. And if she sees it advertised on TV, on one of those channels where, you know, those shopping channels, something I would never watch, she will buy it because, because they sell stuff like that on those channels. She also buys big giant rings, which I also don't understand. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that, that whatever tools you need, whatever hobby you have, you need tools to do that. I think you're a dentist, is that correct? I bet you have some very, a big collection of tools in your office that I probably don't like any of them. But anyway, um, my, and I wouldn't know how to use any of them either. Thank God you wouldn't want me using those. But, but my point is, is that tools are very important but they're very important with our spiritual walk, all right? Because God, hello, he wants you to be able to do whatever you need to do whenever you need to do it. Did you know that? 
See, there, there's no lack here. We don't know we have tools sometimes. We don't know that we have these abilities. And they're not us doing anything. You understand that. I can't heal anybody. But I can be a conduit for the power of God. I can lay hands on somebody, and, and they can receive healing. But if I laid hands, I could rub, you know, Edwin's head till all his hair fell off, and he wouldn't get well because of me. I, I got nothing there. But I can do what he said, right? That's not hard. I can lay hands on the sick and pray in Jesus' name that he recovers. Well, what if he doesn't recover? Uh, not my deal, okay? That's not my deal. That is, uh, you know, I, I, I can tell you that, that I've laid hands on people who didn't get well. Well, why didn't they get well? The word says if we lay hands on them, they're going to recover. Well, yeah, but that person has something to do about that. I know people who don't want to get well. Hello? Do you? I'm not joking. I know people like that. My wife's nodding her head over here. We know people who don't want to get well. I know some people who refuse to get well. Like, okay. But I can't do it. That's not my deal. All right? You understand God's not going to violate your will? You understand that, right? He's never going to do that. That's not who he is. That's the devil's work. He violates people's will every day. But, but God's not going to do that. He would never do that. It wouldn't even cross his mind to do that. But, but I can do my part. He said, I got that tool. I can use the tool. My wife's car would not start this afternoon when she tried to leave work. I took my jumper cables out of my trunk and connected it to the cars and nothing happened. But you know what? It wasn't the fault of the jumper cables. Do you understand that? I did what I could, but it wasn't my fault that the car didn't start, okay? The car is being difficult, all right? I'm going to go back there tomorrow when it's daylight and try again, all right? But you understand, I did my part. That's all. all. See, God doesn't, he, you know, people get so worked up. Oh, but what? I don't know what to say. Really? 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 Are you saved? Have you asked Jesus into your heart? Do you know, know enough to tell somebody that? You know, Pastor Tony tells that story. He took the, the junior high kids out to a park. And, uh, and uh, one of the little girls, I think she was like 13, went up to this great big guy playing basketball and said something to him. And, 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 uh, and she's like, I don't know what to say to you, but I'll take you to my pastor. He knows. He'll talk to you. So she t walked him over to Pastor Tony, and Pastor Tony shared with him. But you know what? All she did was tell him that he needed Jesus. He was like, all right. I mean, you know what? You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to go to Bible school. You don't have to be a pastor. You can just tell people. I'll tell you what. You can be just like uh, the Apostle John. Turn over to 1 John. Turn over to 1 John. I think it's chapter 1, but I'm, I'm looking here. And uh, 1 John chapter 1. I was right. Verse 1, we'll start there. We're going to back up. What or who, Jesus, who was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, meaning Jesus. Verse 2, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, verse 3, 
what we have seen and heard, we proclaim. Hello? You know what? All God ever is going to ask you to do is to tell people what you've seen and what you've heard. All right? That is not hard. All right? Not ask, he's not asking you to give a big doctrinal dissertation about the meaning of the doctrinal chapters in the book of Romans. You know, we don't have to explain, you know, the things that we don't understand about God. But John, the apostle, think about this, followed, you know, lived, lived and walked with Jesus for three years and then served the Lord his whole life, you know, and toward the end as a prisoner. But, but he said, you know, what do you tell people? What I've seen and what I've heard. That's not too hard, okay? That we can all handle that one, all right? What I've seen and what I've heard. I like that. You know what? That makes it as simple as, as I, I'm a pretty simple guy, really. I, I like simple things. I don't like anything too complicated. That just makes me feel good that all I, I don't have to worry about anything. All right. Now I have gotten my notes completely turned around, and, uh, and I'll have to catch up with you. But let's turn over to uh, hmm. turn over to Hebrews chapter thirteen. Now, I think that that because we're not aware of how we're equipped in God, sometimes we're hesitant to do anything to help somebody. You know, I I, uh, I had some friends who had contacted me about. Uh, about a, a member of their family who was going through some behavioral and uh, emotional challenges, and uh, they didn't know what to do, and they wondered if I would know what to do. Well, I didn't know what to do either. But, you know, in terms of I'm not a psychologist, and I, I don't know how to help with something like that, but you know what? But, but what I've seen and what I've heard, I know what to do with those two things, right? And, and I've seen God move, and I've seen him help people, and I've heard about him helping other people even. And I've heard the word. Have you ever heard the word? If you go to this church, you have. And so, you know, so I can pray, right? I remember I was a, I was a, a young believer and, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't know much. I knew, I had just found out that God was a healer. And uh, I, I really didn't know up until that point. And, and my neighbor lady came out of her house, and she was sobbing and, and in a panic. And I was like, well, you know, and she ran over, and she goes, uh, uh, my, my mother uh, got mugged, and they left her outside in the cold, and she's in the hospital, and the, the doctors don't think she's going to make it. And uh, I'm racing off to the hospital, and off she ran. And I thought, well, there's nothing I can do to help except I can pray. And boy, I'll tell you what, it was like the spirit of faith came over me and I prayed. I was like, wow, this is interesting. And so, you know, about a week later, I ran into my neighbor lady and I said, how's your mom? Oh, she's fine. She's home. Like, okay. But, but see, we shouldn't be surprised that God answers prayer, should we? 
especially since he told us to go lay hands on the sick and, and stand against these things and that goodness and mercy were going to follow us around and the words that we would need are going to follow us around and our good deeds are going to follow us around. All these things, that we got the tools. Uh, why don't we just use them? Why don't we just try it, right? I mean, let's just do it. I mean, it, it, it's not something that he gave us to just sit in a box and, or collect dust. Isn't that right? All right. Are you guys in Hebrews? Verse 20. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will. Do you see that? Did you guys ever see the movie The Matrix? If you didn't, you're not going to have a clue what I'm talking about. But anyway, I, it wasn't my favorite movie. But in the, in the Matrix, you know, they just plugged him into this thing and then they could do anything. Right? You remember that? You know, they could, they, they, the person, one of them needed to fly a helicopter, so they plugged him into this system and then they could fly a helicopter. Like, yeah, right. Anyway, um, it's a movie, right? But, but, but that verse, look at that verse up there again. Equip you in every good thing to do his will. Do you see that? How do you think about that? Turn over, real quick, turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 10, it says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in the, beforehand, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. You see that? Look up there. If you, don't, if you don't have your Bible, look at that. He, we are his workmanship. He made us, created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we could walk in them. Meaning that there is good works in my path everywhere I go. All right, if Edwin is in my path and there's a need there, he's in my path and he prepared that in my path in advance, right? And over in Hebrews, we just read, that he's equipped you to do every good thing. So, when I run into Edwin and, and he has a need, I am equipped, whether I feel it or don't feel it, I am equipped to help him if that's how I feel led. All right? I may not have any idea how to do that, right? The first time somebody asked me to do, to do a wedding, I was like, okay. I could do that. So I did. First time somebody asked me to do a funeral, I did that. You know, first time somebody asked you to do anything, you know what? If you just give it a shot. You know, sometimes, sometimes we just have to just step out of the boat like Peter did and go for it. But sometimes we're scared. 11 out of 12 disciples were too scared to get out of the boat. Hello? 11 out of 12 didn't even try. 11 out of 12 sat there and watched Peter walk on the water. Hello. You going to sit in the boat? The Bible says God's prepared. Look at that again. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance so we could walk in them. Does that mean that the only reason God has us around is so that we'll do good stuff for him? Is this he, does he need servants and slaves? Is that what he needs? Is that God? No, no. No, do you understand that, that, that it's to bless us that he put all those things in our pathway? 
It's, it's like a walk through the rose garden, you know? Do you want to pick a few roses while you're going? We walk through this life. You know what? I can try to be a blessing to Miss Helen because she's in my pathway. And I can try to be a blessing to Miss Darlene. And when Morris needed prayer, we were praying. And, and we could go on and on and on and on and on. But see, we don't even see what we do because it's following behind us. Unless you're walking like this and you can see into the spirit, you have no idea what's following you around. But you know what? Paul, Paul, now I want you to think about this. Now, look for this in the Word. I don't, have the, I don't have it open, but I think Ephesians 1 is one of the places it says, but, or, and, and maybe Colossians 1, but, but Paul said this. He goes, we mention you in our prayers. We always mention you in our prayers. I, I, that hit me one day. I was like, so even mentioning something makes a difference. You know, sometimes we, you know, the enemy, the enemy wants you to feel bad about your life. He wants you to feel bad about yourself. He's, he wants you to think you're not capable of doing anything. He wants you to think that what you do do doesn't have any effect and doesn't bless anyone. But, but that isn't, apparently, apparently Paul would just mention people in his prayers and that was a good thing. Hello. I don't have to pray. I mean, the Lord may lead me to pray. Uh, for for uh, Torian and Elisa for you know 16 hours one afternoon, but I doubt it very very much. But 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 I can mention them in my prayers, and that makes a difference. Amen. Okay, guys, you know we we try to make this way hard. You understand what I'm saying? God is not a taskmaster. He is trying to get blessings to you. He is he has created you. Do you understand when Jesus said? All authority is given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go. He just passed his authority on to us. All right, here, here you are walking around. Look, turn over to Luke chapter 10. Here you are walking around with authority. You're walking around with abilities in tow. You've got goodness and mercy and words and all these things. The, you know, the, the command to lay on hands to people so they'll get healed. You've got all this stuff in tow, all these tools with you. And, and it's time to just get back to, it's time to get to work. You know, but, but it isn't like he's not a slave master. He's not, a, he's not driving us. He's giving us opportunities to be a blessing. That's who he is. See, he never drives. He never forces. But, but opportunities are abundant. Hello, do you know anybody with a problem? Hello. I bet you could name 20 people with a problem that need your prayers and need your encouragement. I mean, I know we could come up with 20 in our families of people that are going through stuff, that need stuff, that need things, all right? And, and we have the opportunity, we have the authority, direct from God himself, you know, I, I, I think sometimes, you know, we get, we get so busy with things that don't matter that we sometimes forget just to take a moment. And, 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 and think about this, and just track with me. This is probably me and not you, hopefully. But, but, but I'll do this. You know, I'll think, well, I don't really have a lot of time to take to pray for this person, so I'll just not pray. When I can stop and mention them, and I don't have to do more than that, I can just say, hey, Lord, you know, you got your hand on Faye and Morris today. I know you do, but thank you for that, and thank you for blessing them. Thank you for strengthening them and lifting them up, and I'm done. I don't have to say another word. And, and how is it that works? I don't know. Paul said it worked. 
That's good enough for me. Do you think Paul lied? Anybody here think Paul probably lied? Anybody? Nobody? No takers on that one. Okay, we don't think Paul lied, so we're good. Okay? He said it, he said it was a good thing. So we're, we're good. Okay. Turn over to... You guys doing okay tonight? You're all looking at me like... Luke chapter 12. Can you look there? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a few verses pretty quick here because, because otherwise I'm going to run out of time and I won't get to the things I need to get to. All right, Luke chapter 12, verse 12 says, The Holy Spirit will tell you at that very moment what you must say. You see that? You know, sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say. Well, guess what? Who's responsible for telling you what to say? Look at it. Who? Okay, so now, just you can write this verse down, but you don't have to go there. Matthew 10, 19, and 20, it says, When they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to say. I like that. How or what? Hello. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to say it. For it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. We're familiar with, uh, we're familiar with uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 that says, you know, uh, if you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? But before that, and we're familiar with that too, it says, verse 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That, and Paul says, that is the word of faith that we're preaching. But that quote, that's a quote out of the Old Testament, out of Deuteronomy chapter uh, 30, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, uh, starts with that passage, but, but, it's, but verse 14 says this, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. Do you understand that? His words are with you. His words, he put his words in you. He put his spirit who has no lack of words inside of you so that when you're in a place and you need something that's, you know, there's a time that you need something to say. I'll tell you, I've, I've had people call me about make me cry just thinking about it. They'll call me and ask me a question, and I'll think to myself, I have absolutely no idea how to help you. I have no idea how to answer that question. And then all of a sudden, a verse floats up inside of me, and I'll say that verse. And as soon as that verse is done, there's another one, and I give them another one, and then I give them another one, and another one, and I'm like, Yeah. But, but when, when you need those words, when you don't know what to do and when you don't know what to say, God will meet you right there because that's following you too. But that one's in your toolbox, right behind your cab of your pickup. It's right there. All right? I, I, can, I can think of times that, that, that when uh, I, I remember one time when I was ministering to a group of kids and, uh, and, I'm, and I'd finished my little sermon. You do a shorter sermon with kids. And I'd finished my sermon. And uh, the Lord said, I was getting ready to do the altar call. And the Lord said, back it way up and make it real simple. I was like, okay. So I was like, okay, what do I do with that? So I, 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 I said, you know, God made man and, and Adam and Eve and put them in the garden and made them perfect. 
and, and Adam and Eve decided not to obey God and they went and did the wrong thing and that separated them from God. And I just explained it real simple, as simple as I could make it. And, and when, I was, uh, when I was done with that part, I said, is there anybody here who'd like to receive Jesus, who'd like to ask Jesus to come into their life? And there was a girl, the tallest girl in the room, put her hand up like this, like lightning. And, uh, and she uh, went to the altar care room, and the altar care worker came out crying, and she could hardly hold herself together after church. And I was like, what happened in there? And she goes, she goes it was just like Nicodemus, because our, our, we, like we had a book that we used and walked him through it, and it mentioned being born again. And she goes, born again? How can I go back inside my mom? You know, I mean, she didn't know anything, you understand? And, and, and so it was super precious, and it was really sincere and really, really cool. But you know what? The, their family was just driving across the state of Oklahoma, because that was when I was down there, and, and were driving past the church and saw that we had church and decided that they would just pull in. They don't go to church. They don't go anywhere. They'd never been to church. The little girl had never been to church before, ever. They were driving across the country, and they drove through Tulsa, Oklahoma, and pulled into our church and went to church, and their kid got saved. See, it, it's, it's, it's such a privilege to walk with God. It's such a privilege to have these tools and this authority and this, you know, to this partnership, if I can use that word because I don't have a better word, with him. We partner with him. And, and things get accomplished in this world that we could never imagine or hope for even. But, but whatever it is, whatever we meet, whatever we face, we have the tools already. Now, we may not think we do. We may have never used them before. But I'm just telling you, as you step up and step up and, and move forward, that God is going to meet you right there. You know, Pastor uh, Hagen, Pastor Kenneth Hagen used to say, the natural and the supernatural coming together to make an explosive force for God. You know what? You and him together. Amen. That's how it works. You know, we don't, we, he isn't coming down here. You understand Jesus isn't exactly going to show up at your neighbor's house and tell him how to get saved. No, 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 no. That's our privilege. That's something that we get to do. That's something that we can do to bless people around us. You know, Jesus himself isn't going to show up at the door and say, I heard you were sick or, or show up in your hospital room. Typically, that's not going to happen. You understand that, right? But no, but you can go to the hospital room if they'll let you in. But, uh, you know, you can call your, your friend on the phone and pray for him because that is our privilege. You know, Peter talks about how we are made a kingdom of priests and kings. Do you understand? The king rules. See, see we, don't, we don't even have an inkling, hardly, of, of what he's given us and how he has made us to operate in this world. But, but just by that verse, he wants you to operate like a king over your kingdom, over your world, and as a priest, meaning a stand between them and God. Now, do they need somebody between them and God? They do until they get connected to God, and then they don't need you there anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? But your neighbor who's never heard about Jesus, they need somebody to tell them. Isn't that right? Y'all are looking at me funny. 
See, but, but, but it's like sometimes we just back down. You know, we back off because, because we don't feel adequate or uh, we don't feel like we have, you know, ability to do things. So we just back off. Well, you know what? God doesn't, he doesn't want you to back off. Now, does he understand why you back off? Yeah, better than anybody on the planet. He totally understands you. He understands everything about why you react to things the way you react to things. And he's working on you, and he's helping you, and encouraging you, and helping you grow. He's absolutely doing all that. But I'm just telling you today, you've got a toolbox full of tools, some of which you know about, some of which you don't know about. Did I tell you to turn over to Luke 10? No? Turn over to Luke 10. Did I tell you to turn somewhere else first? No, we're good? Okay, good. All right. I just, sometimes I get ahead of myself. You guys remember when you were in school and you had to have a hall pass to go to the restroom or go to see the nurse or go to your locker? You guys remember hall passes? How ridiculous is that? But anyway, uh, I suppose Pastor Edwin, or hall passes still around. He's a teacher, so he would know. All right, so, so you know what? In, in, I, I look at it this way. Um, you know, when, when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go. See, we have a permanent and irrevocable hall pass. All right, we have authority, and we have the right to go anywhere and everywhere that God leads us to go, whether or not they think we have any right or ability or, or authority to go there. We have the right to go there. Years ago, uh, one of the girls, young ladies that I grew up with, uh, she, uh, she started smuggling Bibles into the Soviet bloc. If, if you met her, she would have, if, if in a room full of people, and you were saying, okay, pick the least likely person to smuggle Bibles in this room, you would have picked her for sure. Every time, everybody would have picked her. She was this shy kind of person who nobody noticed. And, uh, and you know what? That made her really, really good at smuggling Bibles because nobody suspected this quiet little shy-looking, terrified-looking girl to be the one who had uh, Bibles stuffed full inside the shell of this van that she got. But you know what? She realized what her th authority was. She realized something she could do to help people in the old Soviet bloc. You're talking about back in the, you know, what? When you, I don't even know how long ago, the 80s, I guess, right? I think it was in the 80s she was doing that. Well, then, you know, eventually the Iron Curtain fell down and, and you could get Bibles in there. But she had an irrevocable hall pass to do whatever she needed to do and to go anywhere she wanted to go. Are you in Luke 10? All right, verse 19. Behold, I have given you Look at your neighbor and say, you. Look at your other neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. All right. You guys ready here? Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over mm -hmm, all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. You see that? He's given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Yeah, but I don't feel like I have all 
authority. I, it doesn't matter how you feel. I couldn't care less how you feel. He doesn't care how you feel. You know, now that may affect your ability to use it, but it doesn't change the truth that he's given you all authority over all the power of the enemy. Do you see that? Do you see that? See, it's that hall pass thing. You got it. You got the irrevocable hall pass. They can't take it away from you, and you can go anywhere he wants you to go and do anything he wants you to do because that is the authority. And you've got the tools. You've got them in your box. You just didn't know they were there, and you didn't know they were free for you to use, but they're free for you to use. Now, there is something here I want you to think about. We're going to keep reading in that passage if I can turn the page of my notes. Verse 20, look at this. It says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. You know what? Don't focus on the things that are following you. There's a reason that they're following you. They're behind you. There's a reason that you can't look at them and see them and pay attention to them, all right? And, and, and that is because those are the things that God's doing through you, all right? You know, some people get focused on, oh, well, I cast demons out of people. Oh, okay, do you now? Do you now? Or is that God doing something through you? Yeah, no. See, see, it's authority, but, but don't get the big head because you've got authority, all right? Do you ever know anybody who did? We all know those people. <laughs> am, am I wrong? You guys know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. That's why he said this. Don't, don't, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you because, you know, w w w that's him through us, okay? I mean, they look at us and see Jesus, you know, and, th and that's not good for them. It's good for us, but it's not good for a demon, right? Don't, be, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven, you know? W don't be like those people who got off. Some of the, one of the great evangelists back in the 1800s got off. He thought he was all that. Now I'm this guy. I've got he people healed. I'm this big guy. I'm John. I'm this. I'm that. You know, he thought he was the, you know, the new apostle John on the earth. Hello. Oh, okay. Don't, don't get wacky. Come on. You know, that's God working through you, not you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, that's what, that's why those things are behind us. They're behind us. And, you know, Proverbs chapter four, let your, you know, keep your eyes straight ahead. You know, keep your eyes right on Jesus. It's Hebrews chapter 12. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, had his eyes set on us. He had his eyes set on the plan of God and obedience to God. And he wasn't going to take his eyes off of that. All right. But, but you know what? When, when, uh, when I, when I, uh, when I need one of those tools out of the toolbox that God's given me, that he's put permanently into my life, then I grab hold of that behind me, and I bring it out front, and I use it, and then I put it back. And I keep my eye on Jesus, and he gets all the glory, he gets all the praise, he gets all the credit, because I'm just his agent here on the earth. You know, we're, we're getting some work done on our heat and air system. You guys know that. They're supposed to, they, there was another delay, but, but they're working away on it. But, but Pastor Tony's out of town, and there was something that had to be dealt with yesterday. And Pastor Tony texted me what he wanted, how he handled it, how he wanted me to handle it. So I went down there with my authority, and I said, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to change this and make it like this. 
All right, did I have the authority to do that? Absolutely. Was it my authority? No, it was Pastor Tony's authority. Was Pastor Tony here? No, he was not here, but I had his authority and I went and took care of it. All right, that is exactly what we're doing here on this walk in this world. God has created us in Christ Jesus for good works that are put before us. And when we face those things, I can deal with it through him. I can deal with it through the ability he's given me. I can deal with it through the spirit that he's given me, through the words that he's given me, with the anointing that he's given me. Anything that I have to look at, anything I have to face, anything, anywhere, I can handle it through him. I can do, what does it say? All things through Christ who gives me strength. Is it me? No. <laughs> I know me. I know what I'm capable of. Nothing like that. But I also know who's given me authority, who's given me his spirit, who's given me his power. And, and I know that when I face something, that I can face it head on and deal with it. You there with me? You guys good? All right. One last, no. All right. I'm out of time, so I got to wind this down, all right? But... Uh, Matthew chapter 10 says a lot of what we've been saying. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read this to you. Matthew 10, 7 says this. Jesus, again, talking to the disciples. As you go, he sent them out, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. You know, God didn't charge you a single thing for all the gifts that he's given you, all the abilities he's given you, the goodness, the mercy, the protection, the angels, none of that. You know, it's all free. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen? Is that good? I think that's really, 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 really encouraging. Turn over to Matthew chapter 5 as we close. I'll read one more passage. I think that uh, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we back down too quick. You know what I mean? Anybody have a dog? You know, we, uh, we have a really, really good dog. I don't have to get on him very often. But uh, sometimes he'll, uh, we'll go outside, and I don't have a leash on him all the time, and he'll start to walk away, and I'm like, Jack, come here. And he just keeps sniffing or doing whatever he's doing, and I'm like, he ignores me, in other words. And I'm like, Jack. He might still ignore me. But when I go, Jack, he stops what he's doing and he comes running. All right? You know, sometimes we back off too quick. Well, I prayed and I, I don't know. No. You know what? Stomp your foot once and say, no, I have authority. I have the tools. I'm doing, you know, I'm moving forward in the authority that he's given me and we're going to deal with this. Well, no, well, maybe I'll call pastor and have him do it. No, 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 you know what? You do it. Why, why do you need him? Not his situation. He doesn't know the people. I'm not saying, he, I'm not saying you can't ask him. I'm just saying well, you don't need him. Just do it. You know, when I was down at Rama, people would show up. They'd drive halfway across the country. And they'd, well, I want Brother Hagen to lay hands on me. Well, Brother Hagen's out of town. No, he is not going to lay hands on you. And they're, and, and they're like, we have a team here. Oh, no, I don't want them. Okay. 
stay sick then, fine, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. But, but I'm kidding, okay, calm down. But my, my point is, is like seriously, you, you know, did you see in there anywhere where it said you need the prophet or the apostle or the pastor to pray for you? No. No, again, where we started, Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Hello, I, I think we have a room full of believers, which qualifies every single one of you to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But, you know, some people are so determined that, you know, well, I need the prophet. Okay. All right. Tell us how that works out for you. Anyway. Okay. I better stop that. All right. Are you in, uh, are you in Matthew 5? Is that where I sent you? Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, you are the light of the world. He's given you his light. He's planted that inside of you. And, uh, and people can look at us. They can see us. They can see what God has in us. And uh, they need that, whether they know it or not. They want that, whether they know it or not. And, and you have that hall pass. You have that authority to go out and do whatever it is that God has for you to do without fear, without compromise, without hesitation, without holding back in any way, shape, or form because, because he's given you authority over all the power of the enemy and there's nothing he can do about it. There's nothing he can do to stop you. So you're the only one who can stop you. And there's no reason for you to stop you. So just go for it. Amen?